This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means you're listening to another episode of the Crowncast. And I have been saying those words a lot. I've been saying them like every three days. It's almost like Charlotte FC has been playing like every three days for what seems like forever. And I feel like we should talk about it. And here to talk about it with me is Josh. Hello, Josh. Hey, Logan. Uh, we did technically, this is a post-react, and you'll we'll continue to hear the, the fairly positive, upward, trending, happy note in my voice, which I understand is weird since we did just lose to uh, Philadelphia Union on the road. But I, I have... I have a lot of positives out of this, very similar to the fact that, uh, you know, last time we did this, we both had kind of a lot of positives. Are we in are we in a loop? Have we gone silly <laughs> or are we actually like I see a lot of good things? Tell me if I'm crazy, Josh. Um, I don't think you're crazy. I This game ended, and of course, I'm always disappointed when Charlotte does not get any points from a match. Um, but when you look at a team like Philly, a club like Philly, Philadelphia as an organization is arguably the best run organization in MLS. Um, they're an incredibly good team and I'm actually looking at it right now. And we lost on an own goal to, by Christian Kalina, um, which was not his fault, bad, unlucky bounces. Um, you go on the road to Philadelphia, you hold them to under one expected goal. Did we know the one expected goal? It was 0.9 XG for them. That's it. I mean, we unfortunately only had 0.2. But the point is that this was a game where you walk away from it. At least I did. And I say, yeah, it sucks not to get any points. But I just don't see any reason to be overly upset. Yeah, I mean, we. This is something that if if we ever get a Wednesday to actually break down games, we'll, <laughs> this one is probably one that if someone ha- something has to go, this is probably not going to be the one. This will be one of the ones we talk about. Uh, I think I'm going to come out and I'm going to say I would like to do some silliness here because I think <laughs> there's some silliness to be enjoyed post uh, a somewhat disappointing loss that still feels positive. Again, my brain is not exactly firing. It's late. Uh, do you want to do crowns or cards first? I think we should at least give out a few cards considering we lost. Uh, I always like to give, get the get the cards out of the way, end on a high note. That is absolutely fair. I am going to take host privilege here, and yes. I'm going to uh, card Adilson Melanda, and it's super soft. Uh, Adilson Melanda was given the role of being the guy who who keeps the structure of the team today. And I think for the most part, he did a pretty good job of keeping the structure of the team today. I think that against a team this good and this uh, efficient and this, you know, effective in the the press, he was getting closed down really quickly and he wasn't always getting the same amount of options to distribute the ball, to get rid of the ball, to keep control for Charlotte and move up the pitch. And as a result, he was forced to go to long distribution more. And I think we, again, saw some of the limitations of a very young player here. This card is, in my opinion, a matter of a matter of pointing out what Adilson Melanda can become more so than what he is. He, the role he was given today did not necessarily let him shine. He was given the role of 
be the support. And then because of the pressure that Philadelphia brought, the things that he was forced into doing were places that he can then go and become better as he ages and as he grows as a player. Today, it was a little subpar, I think, but it was a little subpar because we really only got to see the times he was under extreme pressure. Any any further yeah. thoughts on this one? Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I, I think it's fair. I think it's one of those things where um, there are times when I think his age, as we've seen more of him, um, the six-game cameo last year, I don't think allowed enough of that, but as we see more of him, we see some of those um, issues that young players are always going to have and that you know he needs to learn with. I will say, I think that there is one thing that he is doing, and, and I think it's probably a bit coach-instructed, where he seems to be very often close to giving the ball away when he's trying to pass it backwards. There was one moment where a guy almost cut it out. I think people are starting to jump that, and it almost seems like if he just sort of fakes and turns and then goes back forward, he's going to have a lot of open space. So it's those little things with him, I think, of just sort of learning um, when to take that risk, when to be safe. Um, but again, he's 21, 22. Those are going to come with time. Yeah, all comes with time. Uh, I do think there's probably one more card out there for this one. Uh, do you want to take? Do you want to take potentially the guy up front? Yeah. Um, so, so my card is going to go to Kara Schwederski. Um, I, I do want to caveat this and say that I don't think that Carol. I think Carol had a tough job today. He had to go and be the lone striker against a backline comprised of really good center backs, low uh, Jake Elliott, Glesnes. They're all very good. They're tall, they're strong, they're physical. Glesnes is the MLS reigning defender of the year, I think. I think he might have won it before as well. Um, I think, as always, Carroll tried hard, but Carroll is not a physical hold-up player, um, and it just didn't come off for him today. I thought when Ajiman... Um, came on, there were a couple brighter moments, but I also kind of think by that point, as you alluded to, we've been playing every three days for a month. I mm-hmm. thought that by the time Ajiman came on, he looked just a little leggy, a little tired. Um, I, I don't think the play was good. I think that there were reasons for it, so I'm not, I'm not trying to kill Carroll. Uh, this game, there was one really bad moment um, where he was driving off of a Ajiman header and he sort of had two players, one to each side of him, and he ended up just sort of dribbling into trouble. That was the one really bad thing I thought he did. Um, but overall, I just think that this is another example of we don't have a ton of depth, and with Enzo out, with Ujwiak out, um, it's putting a lot on Carroll's sh- shoulders, and I think I think we're starting to see some of that fatigue set in. Yeah, we talked about it sort of during the match. We had it going in the chat that we just said, we kept talking about how Carol wasn't quite connecting and how he just looked, you know, like you referenced gassed. He looks, he looks dead on his feet and he didn't look that way for the first 60 minutes of this match Mm -hmm. to me. He Mm -hmm. looked like he was really trying to, to get going, but it felt like spinning wheels. Uh, I kind of want to go back and watch this one again. Cause what I saw was when you are playing in this style where your fullbacks invert and you drop, you know, that nine, kind of a false nine into the midfield, you have this, this system where you get a lot of midfield presence, you get a lot of 
the ability to pressure the ball high and the ability to create lines of pressure, but you end up putting extreme stress on three or four positions in your team. And everybody wants to talk about the defensive positions that experience lots of stress. Uh, everybody wants to talk about Harrison Awful, who would have to make superhuman runs to get back into position to cover his right defensive side, or wants to talk about Bill Tuiloma, who is essentially having to play a man and a half job while Awful goes up. I think one of the ones that doesn't get brought to the fore that much is the striker position. When you are playing this this super high intensity game that Christian Latanzio clearly came out to play today, that striker has to get dropped back into the midfield. And I think what happened today was a set of really good defenders pushed him so far back into the midfield in order for him to have any impact on the game. He was no longer in areas where he knew what to do with the ball and it showed. Um, He looked like he was kind of, kind of got shoved so far out of his position that he was incapable of getting to the box to be a threat and kind of got moved so far away that he didn't really know where his options were. So it looked to me like a tired Carroll having a monumental task in front of him, getting shoved further out of his hole than he wanted to, frustrated that he can't get into the box. And finally, when he did get his foot on the ball, just sort of going, well, this could work and poking it to wherever he thought could theoretically work. And most of the time it didn't. Um, (laughs) Did that sort of rambling make sense? Was that coherent? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. At least to, at least to my also tired brain. So (laughs) if you're listening to this and it didn't make sense, just hold off until midnight and then it'll, it'll work. (laughs) Yes. We, that is definitely the way this is going to go down. Um, Or if you're listening to this and it comes across as some sort of some, some form of alien speak, uh, don't report us? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's go ahead and have some fun. Because for a lot of this game, I was actually really impressed with the Charlotte FC. I think there are four ridiculous cards, or ridiculous crowns, that we need to give out. And we have agreed on them. And then we're going to give out some actual crowns. Uh, do you want a first pick of the ridiculous crowns? Or do you want first pick of the real crowns? Uh, I'll take the ridiculous crowns. Fantastic. We'll start with those. Uh, what's your ridiculous crown? Uh, ridiculous crown number one, uh, crossbar. Fantastic crossbar. work from the crossbar. It would have been an entirely different game if crossbar had not shown up in the, I don't know, second minute uh, yeah. to <laughs> keep out a uh, Carranza, uh, what I thought was a goal as that developed. Um, I feel like the crossbar has been our friend for a few weeks running now, um, or the post. I mean, it came back to bite us a little bit later in this game, but uh Early crossbar was was definitely there for us. Yeah, I think Mr. Crossbar really showed up for Charlotte FC. I think Mrs. Post uh, came in later and did her best. Uh, but despite despite Mr. and Mrs. Crossbar and Post's best efforts, uh, there there was there was the unfortunate goal. Uh, no, you're you're right. That that crossbar very early on was was enough. I think that the ringing of the bar woke charlotte fc up i think that they kind of went out to attack and that that ring was like oh right this team's really good we can't just attack uh i think it ultimately helped us in the end i am going to move on and i'm going to go ahead and give a a silly crown to the sideline referees offside flag 
uh, not to the sideline referee himself or herself. I think it was a him, uh, but to the flag itself, because that flag went up numerous occasions for this one that uh, that that made Philadelphia Union significantly less dangerous and were pretty close calls. I think if I was a Philly fan, I would probably be sitting there going, look, maybe one of them's not offsides, but surely one of them was onsides. And uh, we we got the benefit of that coin flip today. I think it's safe to say so. So good on you, uh, offside flag. We love your work. We hope you bring it back next time. What's your <laughs> next silly crown? Um, I cannot think of the name that you called it, but the moment where uh, uh, Harrison Awful showed that he's apparently not 37 and just jumped up off, jumped up off the turf after um, getting uh, laid into. <laughs> yes, uh, I call it. Uh, I have heard it referred to as a kip up. Where yes. you're laying on your back <laughs> and you roll up onto your shoulders and you kick your legs into the air and you follow with the rest of your body with that momentum up onto your feet. Uh, you know, like Jackie Chan was famous <laughs> for doing it in movies. And uh, Harrison Awful had a brilliant Jackie Chan impress- impression after getting absolutely laid out by a Philly player. I think it's safe to say there was a quick cut right when it happened you can see him do it and then it quickly cut away so you may have missed it i encourage everyone to go look at it because again i kind of looked at it and i said how is he 37 and doing this <laughs> yeah not that uh, if i had not been physically well, i say physically if i had not been watching it at that moment like if someone had texted me and been like harrison awful just did a kip up i'd have been like <laughs> no you you're telling lies to me uh yeah so i i think that the the maneuver itself deserves a crown very impressive from Harrison Awful. Uh, what a what a move. I am going to go ahead and give my last silly crown to Charlotte FC itself. You know, we sound pretty positive because we are fairly positive. This is silly. We are approaching silly levels of challenge for Charlotte FC. If you take a look at where we are right now and you go through the entire month of May, we have played every three days. And it has not been an easy run. We have played big, big teams. We played New York. We played Orlando. We played Atlanta at Atlanta. We played Nashville. We played LA. Well, LA is not great. Um, we played <laughs> LA on a red card and did beat them. Uh, we, we are playing. We just played Philadelphia. In these last couple days, we went from playing Atlanta. And then three days later, playing Chicago. Three days later, playing one of the best teams in Nashville. Four days later, going to uh, Birmingham. And I believe Alabama, correct? Mm-hmm. We went to yep. Alabama. Immediately three days later, went to L.A., other side of the country. Yep. Three days. Came back in three days to go to the north in Philadelphia, to play Philadelphia. And we will be shortly in three days going to play Columbus at Columbus. This is insane. Yeah. This is not only an insane run of games, it is a very challenging fixture list. This is the level of challenging fixture list that Premier League teams who have 25 players who are all Premier League level are terrified of. This this run kills teams. Yeah. And we looked at it before and we were like, ooh, that's 
that's kind of spicy. And it was it was kind of spicy before Birmingham got rescheduled. Yeah. And Charlotte FC has come out of this not without uh, injury, not without scars, but in relatively good shape. If you look across this team, Carroll looks gassed. Mm-hmm. And I think understandably he looks gassed. He hasn't had Enzo Capetti to help take any of the weight off. Right. Yep. But some of the kids look good. Nathan yeah. Byrne today looked good. Uh, Adilson Melanda looked tired, but still functioning. This team is moving through these games and picking up points. We are what? Seventh. We are seventh through 16 games. And yes, you could argue Orlando city has two games in hand and Montreal has one game in hand and Chicago has one game in hand and New York city. Hey, and the table is what it is right now. And right now that's what it says. Yeah, that is what it says. Uh, this was a this was a run off of the back of a challenging opening to this season that we looked at and went, Charlotte FC could get slaughtered. Charlotte FC could go through this run of games and just get demolished. This could be season ending. Mm-hmm. We could get through May and just be done. We would be playing for practice. And Charlotte has come out of it really acquitting themselves well at some of the most challenging grounds in MLS. And as a result, I think Charlotte FC, the whole whole organization, deserves a crown, even with a couple of losses. Woof. Yeah, I, I just I also want to add, I, I think the broadcast showed it at one point that we have the third most points on the road so far this season. Granted, it's early and things can change, but I think everyone should just remember how terrible we were on the road last year. Um mm-hmm. And if you had told me at the end of May that we were going to have the third most points on the road, I would have laughed you, laughed you at you. Um, so I, I think that's another thing that sort of goes with all of this is that we had we didn't have the best start to the season. We've had a terrible sort of gauntlet of fixtures right now. And yet Charlotte is standing seventh. Um, and there are injuries that we're going to have to deal with. But we also have a guy like Guzman Carujo, who who came back, you know, that shouldn't get lost either. And, you know, you have to hope that in the coming weeks we're going to get we're going to get healthy. And some of this experience that those young guys you mentioned are getting might help us in the long run during this season. Yeah. OK, let's let's move on from the silliness and the weirdly <laughs> super serious at the end of that. It's was supposed to be silly. Um, who cares about scripts? Um, let's, let's move on to the actual crowns. And I have already forgotten whether I gave you benefit or whether I go first. It's mine. Fantastic. (laughs) Yes. Um, the, the sharp post game reactions, people, uh, it's going to be me and my crown is going to be Derek Jones. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Josh will tell you, I, the whole time we were playing this game, I was going, holy crap, Derek Jones, holy crap, Derek Jones, Derek Jones, Derek Jones, Derek Jones, Derek Jones. What on earth? This guy, so there are things about Derek Jones that we have always known. We know that if he's got the game in front of us, he has an incredible ability to cut out dangerous play. Always known it. We have always known that if he has the ball at his feet, it takes something like a, an M1 tank in order to get the ball off of him. I don't know that there is a legal way to take the ball, for one person to take the ball off of Derek Jones' feet in, a, in, in the MLS league. Right. Like maybe if you 
maybe if you went and pulled Erling Holland or somebody <laughs> like that, they could figure it out just purely by being able to fight him with size. He is so hard to get the ball off of. And when you are playing a game, this was a weirdly open game for the fact that it didn't have a lot of XG in it. When you are playing a game that is so open, is so high pressure, is so intense, is people breaking lines and trying to make trying to make counterattacking ball happen, having that stabilizer means more, right? When you're playing a very compact system, when you're playing a, a system where all your lines are together and everything is kind of slow, the value of an overwhelmingly stable piece goes down because the rest of the team is acting as a stabilizer. Derek Jones was the stabilizer. Ashley Westwood was running his butt off and was helping in places, but DJ was the stabilizer in this game, and he was stabilizing the whole central midfield kind of by himself. And he picked up this thing that I've seen him kind of like slowly developing, and I think today it just clicked. And maybe it was because he had the space to do it, but... This issue that we've had with Derek Jones, that he doesn't distribute the ball well, it was almost like he said, why am I trying to distribute the ball? No one can take it off me anyway. And he just <laughs> ran over people <laughs> towards the goal, towards uh, towards their goal. He wasn't running back towards our goal. He would just get possession of the ball. And if he looked up and an easy pass wasn't on, he just ran people over <laughs> forward in a dribble until he had open space to make an easy pass and then made the easy pass. And it was so mind boggling to me because there, like, I think I counted like five or six times before I was like, I want to talk about Derek Jones. But he got the ball in a really tough position that earlier on in Derek Jones's career with Charlotte FC, he probably would have made a bad pass and lost the ball. And this time he just put his arm on the guy holding him, turned him, dribbled it 10 yards upfield until he had a little bit more space and made the easy pass. Beautiful piece of art from Derek Jones today. <laughs> he not only did his job remarkably well in a system that needed that to happen for us to go toe to toe with Philadelphia. Derek Jones had to do that. He then found a way to use his, his superpower, his skills to solve a problem that had not been solved in this team yet. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Fantastic job. Derek Jones crown from Logan. Thoughts on him? Yeah, no, I, I think actually your your point about, so it, any longtime listener will know that one of our big gripes with Derek has been his distribution. But I think your point about him, instead of trying to play a one-touch pass or trying to get it out, using what he does well, which is that technical ability on the ball, which is crazy for a man his size. Mm -hmm. um, I think there was one point in the game where there was a questionable... Philly got it off of him, but, you know, he's calling for a foul. It could have been either way. But 90% of the time, you really don't either. Either he gets the ball from his feet, he gets around a player, or he draws a foul. And with the way Charlotte want to play, he's becoming increasingly essential um, in, in the way that we want to play. I also thought it's important. I know Gazdog is the one who is involved in the what ends up being an own goal. And I don't think if you go and rewatch that, I don't think any of our back line and, and maybe even Derek Jones, I, I think we kind of lose him in that moment. But for the majority of this game, and especially until that goal, you really didn't hear that guy's name. And that's crazy because I think he scored something like 22 goals last year. He is a fantastic player in this league. Um, 
And he's a fantastic player sitting in behind those strikers, sitting in those spaces where Derek Jones is patrolling. I thought his role, especially before we went, um, before we made our first few subs, I thought he did a really good job on Gazdog in addition to his um, his ability on the ball when when we got it back from them. I think I think he had a really good game. Um, I do think that there at the end, he was another one who maybe looked a little tired. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's to be expected, I think. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. I think it was a really big day for from him. I think he. He put his name in in the really, really good books for this performance. Who do you feel like uh, deserves a shout out for this? Yeah, so mine is going to go to to Nathan Byrne. And he has been a player that I think the fan base has rightly been critical of this year. Um, I, I know we have. He has not necessarily looked like the player that he was in those cameos last year. I thought this was one of his better games, maybe his best game. Uh, this year, he had a few stops in the first half where he was literally the last man. And he had a um, his first one was a very clever veteran move of getting in front of the attacker and just letting the attacker run into him for a foul. Um, the second one was a perfectly timed uh, tackle uh, that sent the ball out of play. Um, I thought there were a few moments where he got forward better than I've seen him. I think his passing can still use some work. I don't think it was a perfect game by any means from Nathan Byrne. But getting him back onto that right side as well, I think helps him. Because I don't think he's a very two-footed player. I think he wants to be on the ball with his right foot. Um, But again, I just thought, especially defensively, I thought he was covering a lot for our center backs when which if you also go back and watch this game, I think what you'll notice is something that we've seen now for a while with Milanda, where he is, as you term it, goes fishing. But I also thought Tuiloma was pressuring, especially Carranza, really high and man-marking him really high. And if Carranza got the ball around the midfield, Tuiloma was almost making tactical fouls on him to sort of reset things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Byrne had a really important job of when those guys ventured forward of being that cover behind them. And I thought he did a really good job with that. Yeah, I think you point out something really important because there were a number of times that in this game, if you had looked at our system in a static like freeze frame, you would have said that Adilson Milanda and uh, or Adilson Milanda or Bill Tuiloma and Nathan Byrne were playing as a center back pair. And what happened from my perspective, and again, we haven't had time to go back and continue to watch this, is we really leaned into the Harrison awful inverted fullback thing today. I mean, I think we leaned into it a lot harder than we have recently. We've seen some sort of 4-4-2s and stuff that didn't use the system. And we kind of told Nathan Byrne, hey, you play your hole. If you see the opportunity where it's really safe for you to go forward, don't abandon the right side, but 85, 90% of your job is you're in your defensive hole. And if anyone leaves their defensive hole, you and whoever else is back there have to go cover it. And he was covering whole defensive holes on the left side of the field, despite being <laughs> a right back. And that is, I think, part of the skill that we were also impressed with him last season is that he does operate in a sort of fluid defensive system really, really well. And most of his challenges are when we have seen him getting stuck out going forward. 
right? This time when Adilson Milanda went fishing, when Bill Tuiloma went fishing, and when we already knew that Harrison Awful was not going to be able to cover that space back over the wings, Philly kind of said, yeah, well, you know, we're going to go over your press. And a few times in this one, it was it was the guile and the surprisingly speedy legs of Nathan Byrne <laughs> that stopped that from being an effective effective way in against Charlotte FC. So so good on Nathan Byrne. I think he deserves it. Do you want to wrap it up there or do you want to try and and shout anybody else out? Um I mean I I'm good there. I thought that there were some other decent performances. It, it's one of those things where I thought that this was more of a, a team effort mm-hmm. more so than anything else. Um I, I think we're a little unlucky and a little unfortunate to not walk away with any points. Um but I also think back to last year in our first away game against this club, and that was not a good game. That was not a fun game. And if you sort of measure the growth of this club from from last year playing away at Philly to this year playing away at Philly, um, I think you walk away even even more positive about it because, again, I, I would argue Philly's the best run club in this in this league they don't have a ton of money they don't spend a ton of money and yet they are consistently at the top of the league so anytime you go there and you lose off a, a unlucky bounce i think you just sort of have to hold your head up high and say it wasn't our day yep uh final thoughts from you one sentence to take us home on to columbus on to some rest uh, my final thoughts to take us home are going to be Charlotte FC has done an amazing job of holding itself high through an absolutely ridiculous run. And I hope it continues through Columbus. Uh, that is going to be it. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to get to bed. Uh, <laughs> if, if you are regular listening to the podcast, we have huge news coming out for you. We did get to sit down with Ben Bender and have a full length interview. Got to talk to him about all sorts of cool stuff. And that will be coming out soon for you, including some information, watch out on the social medias, for how to win some cool signed merchandise by Ben. So uh, look out for that. We'll announce how to do it here and on social media in the upcoming weeks. But you can win it. (sighs) If you've decided to spend your time with us, we love you. And I think I have finally reached the point where my brain is fried. So... (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that normally we would talk to you again when we discuss all of this on Wednesday, but we have more games coming up. So we're going to talk to you again eventually, and we hope you'll be there for it. Bye. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.